0: And the race against the clock right now, still not done with their holiday shopping. I'm one of those people. 40% of Americans are still checking off items on their Christmas list.
1: The good news, it's still not too late to get a great gift at good value. Shopping is like an arms race today. If one store doesn't get you to spend with them, you'll just spend somewhere else. They're desperate.
0: The number one reason for procrastination, they can't decide what to get from the after nine podcast studios this this is the award-winning after nine with scott and kat oh it's almost here two more sleeps
1: two more sleeps and it's gonna work out perfectly here in southern ontario i actually just read another update for christmas eve kat are you ready ready average 10 centimeters across all of southern ontario average. Some areas are going to get more, some are going to get less. But tomorrow is basically going to be picture perfect for Christmas Eve. Here's how it's going to go down. Tonight, Wednesday night, it's going to start to rain. It's going to rain through the day tomorrow. When you wake up, it'll be anywhere between five and seven degrees outside. It'll be beautiful if you've got to go out and get some last minute stuff done. Then the temperature is going to quickly start to plummet. It's going to drop, drop, drop as it drop, drop, drops. The temperature is going to make that rain turn into ice pellets, then to freezing rain, and then to snow. So you're going to get a good slick layer of ice out there, and then you will get uh, snow on top of it. Not exactly great for driving, but hopefully you don't have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. 10 centimeters by Christmas morning, that's almost picture perfect. The snow is going to start right around sunset. Uh-huh. Okay, Santa, That's you perfect. got what you wanted. There you go.
0: It's perfect. And you know what? Most of us are staying in. Um, you know, as we mentioned, it's a different kind of Christmas. And I'm actually really excited about the fact that that means on Christmas, after all the nettiness is over, I can say, hey, kids, let's go build a snowman. Let's go and and, and do some fun things in the snow. Shoveling is one thing, fine, but it'll give you a chance to maybe say hi from a distance to your neighbors and Merry Christmas to them, too, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, going to be a good old-fashioned community Christmas. You lean on your neighbors in the absence of your family who are going to get ticketed $880 if they show up at your house.
0: <laughs> only, if, only if you get caught.
1: Only if you get caught. Uh, we should tell you coming up at the end of this podcast, we are going to have OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt on. We spoke to him earlier this morning. And a couple of takeaways. Number one, if they get called, they will deal with... Charges under the Reopening Ontario Act. That's the one that prohibits gatherings with people outside of your home. The other thing is, and I loved when he explained this, I have an expired sticker on one of my cars. Hmm. One of them has an expired sticker from July, and I haven't been pulled over. I also hardly ever drive that car anymore. I'm actually going to sell it. So I didn't bother to renew the sticker. But if I do happen to take it out, it's expired. OPP are not charging people for that right now. If you've got a sticker that expired recently because of all the Service Ontario open and then closed and then open and then closed and online only, yeah, they're not charging people. Wow. That's really good to know. That
0: surprises me. I mean, in a good way, it surprises me. But you do have the ability to just go online and and do that. So it's good that they're not saying, well, you have the ability to go online and do it because not everyone is so tech savvy to do that. You know what? Anytime
1: I've tried to go to the Service Ontario website, it was a fucking mess. Really? It's hard to navigate and you have to enter in a decent amount of information to access your personal stuff. All right, fine. Well, if you get any of it wrong or there's any sort of a flag on your file, you can't access any of it. Nothing. Nothing. I've never once been able to renew my sticker because there's always something like a parking ticket that I got to pay or something Uh,
0: stupid. Yeah, I've never had any issues. I got to say, like, if you if you actually do really want to just get that sticker out of the way, uh, I'm the type that does it and I do it for two years. So I don't have to worry about it the next year. Online, I found to be fine. I had no problems.
1: When it comes to Service Ontario, and we weren't going to talk about this, but since it came up, let me just say something. The government. Is divided into three different sections in this country. You've got your municipal government, you've got your provincial government and you've got the federal government Mm -hmm. and they all handle different things. And I get that if you're a politician in Ottawa, you sit in the House of Commons and one of your constituents writes a letter to you complaining about the school system, you probably fluff it off and think, what a fucking idiot. Why would they ask me about that? That's a provincial thing. I get that it's important to you guys who deals with what. If you get a parking ticket, you don't contact your MPP. You go to the local municipal level, that sort of shit. But these politicians don't seem to understand that for the average person, they're making it a lot harder than it needs to be. There should be one place where you can go to access all government services, and it would take a lot of coordination. Feds, provincial, municipal, they would all have to work together so that if I need to do anything from renew the sticker on my license plate to uh, get my hunting license right up to uh, renew my passport application. It should be one place that you go you to. You want
0: like one account, basically, that covers absolutely everything in one convenient spot. I mean, that seems too, like, uh, nice. I don't too think Too common sense? We don't get nice things. That's, that's too nice. That's too uh, streamlined. They don't like that.
1: They're so territorial, though. Like, oh, that's a provincial matter. Oh, that's a federal matter. No, you deal with your municipal politicians about that. Fuck you guys. We're the end user. And if you don't mind, we're the ones who are funding the entire operation go-to. as taxpayers. It's
0: a go-to. It's a go-to for them, though. It is. When when you're able to have a conversation with, with someone who's in charge of something, let's say it's a provincial, and it is a federal matter that, get, that gets brought up, even though it does impact you on a provincial level... It's a nice escape, scapegoat to be like, oh, federal thing, move along. We all do it in our day-to-day jobs. We all do it. Don't lie. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't handle that. It's another person. Sorry. You know, so that's just kind of their version of doing it. That's a nice thought. I just, I don't think it'll ever uh, happen. It's, and it's it's annoying. Absolutely. And I do find, I do agree with you, though, when it comes to those websites, we've been on websites all the time, right? Since the internet began, there are some really easy to use, really easy to navigate sites out there. Very clear, very concise. For some reason, when it does come to government websites, much harder to find. Holy crap. You're trying to find mm-hmm. the drop-down menu. Finally found that. There's about 50 categories. You're not, you're unsure of what it falls under. Like, fuck, just make it clear and, 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 and concise, please. At least And make half of them
1: don't work on mobile.
0: Yes, and absolutely like what year? What year is this? You guys are putting money into all kinds of crazy shit. Update your your online shit so that it's easier for all of us to use.
1: Seriously, yeah. we should be able to go online to one website. Let's call it. Uh, my services.com or dot o n dot c a something. One place where I can go and pay my property tax bill, see what I owe the CRA mm-hmm. and and all the other things that need to be done. I can get my my fishing license and, and renew my truck, uh, my sticker for my license plate. All of it should be in one spot. And I don't understand why those oh. three levels of government can't work together to make that happen and make it work on a fucking cell and you phone.
0: You know
1: what? Team up with Google while you're at it.
0: Make a search engine that actually works because that's the other part about those websites I hate. So let's say I can't find the link to what I'm looking for if I don't have the link sitting in front of me for whatever I have to do. I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just search it. No, like, fuck me. A hundred things pop up. Like, I I don't want this. How did, when I typed in, uh, hey, can I check my property tax bill? Did it something else random pop up about licenses? Like, fuck off. That's not Mm. what I was looking for at all.
1: Well, case in point, the idea came to my head when I was talking about all of the different funds that you can reach out to. When it comes to COVID relief, there should be one central place where you go to apply for the benefits. For example, just the other day, uh, it might even have been yesterday, the provincial government announced that if you have a kid in high school, you're going to get a $200 one-time grant to offset the cost of educational expenses now if you read between the lines what they want you to do is take that 200 bucks go to best buy on boxing day and buy them a chromebook so that they can do their distance learning because the schools don't have enough computers to loan one to every student Mm -hmm. and there's people taking them that don't need them so that's a problem. We just don't have an infinite amount of computers laying around in schools to hand out. So they'd like you to go and, and get yourself a Chromebook. I looked, by the way, on the Best Buy site. They have one for 229 bucks. That's good. Okay, great. So it'll only cost me 29 bucks because the government gave me 200 But people don't understand in some cases. Well, that's a provincial grant. They're used to, for COVID funding, you go to the CRA and that's where you get your SERP But if you're a business owner, you go somewhere else. And then there's loans and, and there's all sorts of shit. And you have to go to a million different websites to apply for them all. It all should have been in one place.
0: It's funny how so many people are realizing now, and those who have gone through the process of EI, which I did when I was on maternity leave. So I had to go through this the process before. And now people are realizing because more people are using it. How shitty it is. It really, it can be a very, very complicated system. And you have to jump through a lot of hoops to finally get what what you need. There has to be an easier way. Unfortunately, nobody knew this would happen. So there isn't an easier way. But maybe this is enough if we want to try to be optimistic to make them rethink the system and how easy it is to access or apply to change it up a little bit. Maybe they will. I don't know.
1: I just, it doesn't make sense to me that if you're just a regular end user, a taxpayer, who has been inconvenienced by this pandemic through no fault of your own, by the way, it doesn't make sense that you hear things like, oh, you can apply for the serve because we got your back. So you go to apply for the SERB, and then the news conference happens. Oh, now you can get 200 bucks. Oh, OK, cool. I'll just uh, right here. Oh, no, no, no. You got to go to a different site and it's a different level of government that's handing it out and you got to do this and you got to provide this ID for one application and this information for another application. The whole thing is fucked. It's very confusing and it doesn't need to be that way. But one more thing on the confusion, the blurring of lines between what the provincial government does and the federal government. Here's the latest problem that people are debating. So you've got Doug Ford, who was pissed off the other day. About the airports. He wants the airports basically locked down. You can't get out of Pearson International without having a COVID test if you came in from somewhere else. That's not that hard to do. We could give people COVID tests and there will just be a little room. You go in, you get your swab. Uh, Once you're clear, you can carry on. We have a lot of rapid tests now. We didn't at first, but we do now. Well, then yesterday, the federal government did a whole half hour of their news conference dedicated to trying to say why Doug Ford is wrong. Defending themselves saying, oh, that's bullshit. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Only 2% of the cases are coming from international travel. He should fucking calm down. Guys, if you don't mind, number one, that airport is the busiest one in the country, and it's here in Ontario and in the GTA. Everybody knows where Pearson Airport is. The second thing is, it's not just about catching people that went down to I don't know, fucking Cuba for a couple of days and flew back and brought COVID with them. There's another strand of COVID circulating around the UK and parts of Europe that's highly contagious. Mm -hmm. We want to keep that out. It's not just about catching regular COVID. It's keeping the other one away. And it's a lot. It's a lot. That
0: one scares the shit out of me, by the way.
1: Scares a lot of people. It's a lot easier to keep it out in the first place and cheaper to keep it out in the first place than it is to try and contain it once it's here and spreading. We've spent billions on COVID-19. All of it could have been avoided if we had shut down the border. Nobody in, nobody out, end of story. It couldn't have come here. Look at New Zealand, look at Australia. I get that they're an island, but fuck me. We closed the border for land crossings. Somehow it got here. It must have been by airplanes then. Am I wrong?
0: You're not wrong. The The problem may also be, though, and, and as you listen back to the podcast, we said it before back in February, March, when we were talking about this in the beginning when we were all like, is this actually going to happen? And we thought, shut it down. I honestly think, Scott, it was already here before then, though. I really, A lot of people feel do. that way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I know people that had it because they had all of those symptoms. And it wasn't until it was more popularly brought to light of the symptoms. They went uh, that's what I had by then. They had already seen everybody and done everything like we usually did with colds before then. Right. You still go into work. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just, you know, tough it out. You still go ahead. You still go to the store. You still pick up what you need to do. You it's feel like shit, cold. but you power. Yeah, through it. exactly. So I, I, I although I like that thought as a God, it could have happened. I really think it was already here before we could have even thought about closing them. I really do.
1: Well, what's particularly exciting now is in comes the private sector again, uh, life labs to the rescue. Now they're doing antigen testing for anybody who wants it. You got to pay for it, but you right. can go to life labs and find out if you've ever had COVID.
0: Interesting. And, and I mean, it, I think if I thought I had COVID, which I don't believe I, I ha- ever did, even before it was a thing, I, I did get a little sick around last Christmas, but I don't believe it was COVID, um, But I would take it. Like, who wouldn't if they thought that they might have had it? I think that if you have the means to do it, I think a lot of people might jump on this and see if they did.
1: I've got an update, by the way. I went for my COVID test on Monday. This was quick. Like, I was talking just the other day about how fast that process was. It was in yesterday's podcast that I was in and out in less time than it took me to log into the site to check my results. They came out at midnight, and I am 100% COVID-19 negative. Congratulations. That's the test you want to fail, right?
0: Good. That's the test you want to be—you want to fail miserably at. Negative across the board is a good, good rating
1: for you. Well, I was a little worried because even though there's no reason to think that I have it, and I mean, I don't even just mean because I'm asymptomatic. I'm asymptomatic because I don't have it. But I mean, had I had one of those false negatives or, or sorry, one of those false positives that apparently do happen – if I'd had one of those, then I'm completely fucked. Then Christmas is done, done. Like nobody's right. coming over. Yep. And I know I don't have it. It's more than likely a false positive. But nonetheless, I got to shut her down. And then I got to use that fucking COVID app and key in whatever code they give you and freak out everybody else that's been around me for the last little while. But I'm negative. So that's good. Christmas is on. Although everybody is bailed now. Yeah. Christmas dinner went from 10 people to four. Oh, I got wow. four people coming over for Christmas.
0: Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, that's most people's Christmases are going to look like that. Is it weird, though? I mean, you, since you were the one that was bailed on. You were not the one that did the bailing. But it must be tough for those people to make to make that call and be like, guys, you know what? Not going to happen. You know, in a way, depending on who you're talking to, because you're talking about family, right? You mm-hmm. Tell that to your mom. Tell that to your dad. People have done it. People have been doing it. And we'll still do it last minute, by the way. But that must be a tough decision to have to make, even when you were hoping for the best and doing all the right things. Like, you guys had decided to do get tested but still to come to the conclusion of nah i'm good you know everybody's it, funny difficult. about it yeah
1: you know like my dad called me last night and he's like hey hey how's it going and he makes like five ten minutes worth of small talk before he finally gets to the point of what he wanted to talk about and he's like yeah, i don't think christmas is a good idea this year you know i know i was gonna see on boxing day and eh, maybe we'll push it back and just do like christmas in february or something Oh, OK. You you could have just said that initially. But uh, okay, I agree with you. No problem. And I'm not pressuring anybody to come over. They certainly don't have to. I've made it clear that I'm getting tested. I'm 100 percent negative and there will be a big turkey and presents under the tree for anybody who wants to come as long as you got tested as well. And you're safe. I wanted a bubble for my place around Christmas, although with this weather. I don't know if people are going to be going through with their plans anyway. Yeah, you, You've got a good last minute out. Freezing yeah. rain on Christmas Eve and then a lot of snow on top of it. Yeah. The roads are going to be shit.
0: Yeah, but there'll be less people on it. At least you have that if you do have to travel. Like, I'd still plan, I'm going to go see my mom. I see my mom every single day, so it's no different than any other day. But I'll still be doing a, it's not even a long commute though, so it's okay. It's all right.
1: Bachelorette last night was disappointing.
0: <laughs>
1: she picked, uh... What was his name? What's his name?
0: Zach.
1: Zach, yeah. She picked Zach. She picked Zach. She
0: picked Zach. She picked Zach. Look, Zach, uh, I don't know. He Just because I, I try to think, okay, it's not my cup of tea. He's not my cup of tea at all. But even with that said, again, there's just so much pressure on this season because really it was narrowed down. They had been together that whole season when you include Tasha, It was like a month. So a month later, she says she's in love with him. Uh she booted out a couple of guys. I thought would be good for her, but what do I know? I don't know. Uh but Ivan was great, I thought. He's gone. And then brought he she decided to let Ben back into the equation and then dumped him right before proposal, which hey, I give her credit for that. There is nothing more awkward. Have you seen those bachelorettes where the guy's ready, he's proposing to the girl and the girl's like, "No, no, 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 stand up. Stand up. No, no, no." So uh-huh. awkward. So thank God she dumped him before that could even happen. But then Zach proposed. Um, And for those curious, uh, this is what that sounded like
1: I'm going to choose you right now. I'm going to choose you tomorrow morning. I'm going to choose you next week and next year. I'm going to choose you forever.
0: Oh, my God. I, uh, um, I don't know. L-
1: listen, when it comes to Zach, he's got a questionable past. There's a lot of red flags. Even his own mother was like, well, <laughs> I don't know if you necessarily want to take this on, too. But they do still have some stuff in common. We'll hope for the best, like any relationship. But it just doesn't seem like it's looking good. Like, I mean, I feel like if her friends were around, they'd all be saying... What do you see that we don't? Because there's something fishy here. Well, I mean, anybody who watched the show, I have to think, saw some flags on this guy, right?
0: Look, I, I think that, honestly, Tisha's friends are going to say that they're happy for her, for sure. I don't think that anyone's really going to say very much. He, the, the guy's okay. Like he's not, He didn't say anything or do anything where you're like, wow, how could you possibly end up with that guy after he did blank? There's nothing there. It's just a a lot of people realizing he's got a past. Uh, But so does she, to be fair. You know, she was married and divorced. I'm sure that she has her set of things. Everybody has their things. Um, But they did have an update, if you'd like an update. The good thing is they are taking things slow. It's not like they went and got, you know, uh, married right away after the show or anything weird like that. This is their idea for what a wedding will look like eventually.
1: I want a big wedding. When the day does come, she might think differently and she's going to get what she wants, but, uh, no, I, want to, I want to date you, you know, I want to yeah. date you take you out and, and do all those things. So we have
0: a lot of fun plans coming up. Hmm.
1: I hope it works out for them. I really do. It's just, uh, I don't know. Everything I saw on this season, he seems like a nice guy. He just seems like he can flip, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it would take, but there's just something there that worries me a little bit for the two of them anyway. Um, when it comes to the bachelorette, I know that there's no shortage of people that don't really watch the show and don't give a shit, but they have to participate in conversations with other people that care a lot. So they pick up the little tidbits that they need. So here's one that you can blow people away with. They'll think you watched it. And I'm not even sure how this went down because I don't know. Did I blink and miss it last night? Ivan, who I think most people agree was probably the best out of the final three. Mm -hmm. He got sent home first. And she said it was something about religion. Yeah. But they didn't show whatever this religious issue was on the show. Mm -hmm. What happened there?
0: That was during the fantasy suite. And the fantasy suite remained the only thing that remained the same about it, because everything looked so different with the fantasy suites this, this time around. The only thing about that night is the cameras are gone. So that you really, truly gives you a chance without cameras being on. Let's talk. Let's get deep you know, tell me things that you're not going to say on camera that you don't want the public to know, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Let's really talk about all these things. And I guess that somewhere in those conversations, she realized that he didn't align with her beliefs. I, is she a super religious person or is he...
1: That's what I was trying to figure out
0: that I don't even know. But obviously something got brought up where he said, yeah, no, there's no way I'm let's say, for example, there's no way I'm raising my kids Catholic. And she goes, "Uh, wait a minute. What? That's important to her. And I do believe she actually does attend church. She did mention that at one point. So that's probably important to her. So something like that probably happened. And she went, I'm going to stop this right now before it becomes a thing, because that to me is uh, that that's it for me. I can't. So I don't know the details of it. I don't know if we ever
1: will. Certain things are a deal breaker in relationships. I totally get it. Totally get it. And religion can be one of those very contentious things where you're just not willing to compromise.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If it doesn't align with what you see in your day to day life, you should get out. That's a smart thing to do. So although I really did like Ivan, obviously, whatever happened in private doesn't they don't jive. So that's good that they knew in advance.
1: Uh, A couple other things we'll just mention quickly before we get to Kerry Schmidt, OPP sergeant. There is um, uh, there's been a spill on the highway in Maryland. And normally we don't cover a lot of spills on the highway in Maryland. But, you know, it's fascinating to me sometimes how many things are in the trucks that we see all around us every single day. You could drive. I don't know. You probably pass a dozen trucks a day during your daily commute. One of them could be filled with bottles of Jack Daniels. Another one could be filled with Pfizer vaccines. Another one, well, this is the one that turned over on I-245, I think it was.
0: Okay. One of the eyes.
1: One of the eyes <laughs> right? well, It's the interstate system in America. Yeah. It's very convenient. It's just I don't fully understand it. In any case, this happened just the other day, middle of the afternoon, truck overturned that was carrying cheese balls.
0: <gasps> cheese balls. Oh, cheese wait, balls. wait a minute. So they, were they like... Were they, like, rolling around the fucking highway, like, actually? Oh,
1: Oh, it was a fucking mess. 20,000 pounds of cheese balls.
0: Oh, my God. That is such a
1: waste. I-495 in Montgomery County. There it is. The crash also resulted in a fuel spill, so they had to call in a sand truck to the scene to help with the cleanup efforts. No injuries reported, but how furious were the people that got stuck behind that waiting and waiting oh, for hours I, for the highway to reopen because somebody tipped a truck full of cheese balls? Oh
0: my God, you would be, do you know how many people would be pissed in general? The people who made that cheese, the fucking animals also, <laughs> like, come on, man, are you serious? Do you, know much, do you know how much I worked for that? Also, the people that packaged it, the people that loaded the truck, the truck driver, all of them. Fucking angry. Plus, of course, the traffic people and me, because I like to pair my wine with some fucking cheese. And the fact that there's some cheese wasted here, I'd be one of those people. they would be like, it's still good. It's still good, guys. Was it doused in gasoline? We can make this work, guys. It's all right.
1: Man, that's sad. Two passengers aboard a Delta flight on Monday forced open the plane's cabin door and just walked out Why? while the plane was taxiing at LaGuardia in New York. Why? The passengers, identified only as a man and a woman, were on flight 462, which was going from LaGuardia to Atlanta, when they just decided, fuck this, we're out of here. They what? took their service dog with them. And when you open the door, by the way, when the plane's moving, that evacuates the emergency chute, the thing that you would go down in the case of an emergency. So, yeah, they just cranked open the door, flipped it open, and slid down the slide. <laughs>
0: Did they actually say, though, what, ha- why? Like, were they pissed at the weight? Were they pissed at, did they just have to go piss and there was no bathroom available? Like, what were the reasonings for this?
1: I'm going to blame 2020 insanity because right. a lot of people have developed that. They say uh, the flight attendant had ordered the couple to sit down several times. The man responded, if I sit down, I'll freak out. So they just stood up and walked to the door, boop flip that lever. Down you go. They were taxiing at the time. That's like jumping out of a moving car. Wow. Isn't that fucked up?
0: That's really fucked up. I mean, I don't you. There's a whole other level of stuff happening for you to think, yeah, this is the choice I'm going to make right now. And here I go. And it takes a little while to open one of those doors, I would assume. So you think like even during that process, you're not like, maybe I should regret this choice. Maybe I should stop here before I regret this regret this choice. No, apparently not.
1: That's one thing that does freak me out on an airplane is, you know, the plane can be safe and you can have the best crew in the world and the best pilots and everything is good. But all it takes is one asshole sitting near the door or near a window and the whole thing could come to a tragic end. Wow. So the plane had to return to the gate and all those fucking passengers that were on the plane had to get offloaded, wait for their luggage, then go back through the boarding process on different planes and the different planes had uh, passengers already booked on them. So they had to like piecemeal people together. In some cases, a couple didn't even get to travel together like he was on the two thirty. She had to wait till the four o'clock. Oh, my God. All because this asshole or these assholes. Decided they wanted to open the door and go for a slide on an airplane. (laughs) Idiots. Uh, One more here that I want to mention, and it's a story with a happy ending. A family in Ohio was robbed back in 2012. Someone broke into their house, and not only did they do damage to the home and steal things from the house, they stole the family dog. They stole the dog.
0: What what kind of an asshole would do this? Another story where I have to say the words. What kind of an asshole does this?
1: The woman's name is Julia. She says she has never stopped searching for her dog named Junior since he was taken back in 2012. But there were no solid leads until just last week. She was online. Every now and again, you'll see an ad pop up for the Humane Society. Hey, we've got pets that need loving homes. Right. She thought to herself, fuck, that dog looks really familiar. So she contacted the shelter. Now, the shelter obviously didn't know that was Junior. They had called him Buddy. He came to their shelter in July 2018. Staff says he'd been adopted and returned to the shelter three different times. What? Mm Mm-hmm. So the shelter officials compared Buddy to uh the pictures and they realize it's the same fucking dog this dog that we've had in and out of the shelter since 2018 is actually the dog that was abducted back in 2012 same one and then to verify it they brought julia the owner down to the shelter they wanted to see if the dog would react how long is a dog's memory Pretty freaking good, cat! Because as soon as she walked in, the dog raced to her and started licking her face. Instantly, it started complying with her hand signals to sit and lay down. Things that she had taught him as a puppy.
0: (gasps) Tell me they got this on video.
1: I hope so. I don't know that they did, but I have to think in 2020, there were cameras rolling.
0: That is so cool. I mean, it's sad it had to get to that point.
1: But, I mean, for anybody who's ever... Uh, lost a pet. And I don't mean dying. I mean, the pet ran away or it was abducted or Mm -hmm. something like that. Isn't it kind of nice to know that there's hope that maybe that dog's trying just as hard to find you as you are to find them? Mm -hmm. Crazy, right? Crazy. She says that uh, uh, Junior is now nine years old. And they brought him home to be back with the family again. And let's be honest, I mean, Junior is now nine. He doesn't have a ton of time left. He's into the back half of his dog years. But he instantly jumped right back up on the couch and snuggled with the family, which is where he was last before he was abducted. Wow. I love that. Love that they love got that. their dog I just,
0: back. My, my, my issue is with the, who the fuck steals a puppy and who breaks it in, like, people into people's homes anyway. But taking their puppy, like you are some form of a fucking devil. And I'd like to punch you right in the goddamn nuts is what I'd like to do. <laughs> who the fuck does that? Seriously. It drives me nuts that there's people like that walking around. <laughs>
1: Tomorrow will be the last After 9 podcast of 2020. It will also be the season three season finale. Woo! Go Raptors. The new season kicks off tonight. We'd love to see you win another championship without Mark and Serge and Kawhi, who all, by the way, were playing each other last night. Lakers versus Clippers to start off the season. And the Clippers won. Go Raptors! They start tonight. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow, guys. In the meantime, OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt on After Night.
2: Fantastic. Good morning and thanks for having me here.
1: Uh, it's great to have you on, and it's been a bit, and we really, it's funny, every time we talk to Carrie, we say, oh, we should have you on more often. I know. And it, I know, <laughs> no, we really
0: mean it this time. 2021, Dude, it's going to okay. be a record setting, record setting. Okay. Um,
1: but-
0: we are uh, approaching Christmas, Carrie. First of all, Merry Christmas.
2: Oh, my goodness. I, I'm not even sure if I'm feeling in the Christmas spirit yet. It doesn't look like yeah. Christmas, and this year, it's certainly been a bit of a, uh transition for everybody. So I'm um, looking for those uh, Christmassy kind of things to enjoy, and so far it's been kind of uh, a kind of a muted season for me. I'm not sure about you.
0: Yeah, it's definitely different, and I'm and I think we're getting that just about everywhere. It's definitely a different kind of of Christmas for a lot of people who celebrate it uh, typically in a in a way where we see a lot of people, but we're being urged not to do that, of course, this year. What does it look like for you? What are you preparing for when it comes to? Drivers, I mean, the same message applies. Ride programs are out when it comes to uh, Arrive Alive. Yeah. What do you absolutely. anticipate? Like, I mean, do you guys have any predictions or assumptions as to what this year is going to mean compared to other years?
2: Well, I look at the year in, in review now to see what's changed and, and how numbers have uh, varied. And it certainly has been a different year. Uh, a lot of things have been uh, less. Oh, obviously, our ride programs are still in effect. And one thing that, uh, you know, although our ride charges or impaired driving charges are actually down year over year, as is the overall traffic stops and even speeding charges are down, um, the fact is we're still out on the roads doing our patrols, enforcements, and uh, when it comes down to ride checks, you know, we may not be sticking our head in your face, uh, in your window, checking for uh, alcohol consumption. But uh, keep in mind, we have uh, provisions for the mandatory alcohol screening, which allows officers, anytime you're stopped, for them to demand a, breath, a sample of your breath, uh, uh. regardless of the reason for your traffic stop.
1: Well, that's what I was wondering, because with COVID going around, you don't want to get right in somebody's face and smell their breath or see if you can smell alcohol. So exactly. if you pull somebody over now and I don't know, maybe they've got the glossy eyes or, yeah. or something, the pupils are dilated. You yeah. can right away say, you know what, I don't even need to smell your breath. Blow. Yep.
2: You don't even need to have glossy eyes. We can. We may be doing ride checks and say, okay. Do you know what? We're going to take every third, fifth, and seventh car. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. There you go. You're you're coming over. Do uh, a random. It's a, it's a random sample. Uh, breath sample to determine whether or not you're impaired or not. Now, of course, if you have glossy eyes and you got some slurred speech and we can see that and hear that, well, good. You know, that, that's it. We're <laughs> going to conduct our investigation. And uh, take you off the road if that's what needs to be done. But uh, there is no provision for uh, us to have any suspicion, which was the requirement you know some time ago where we needed to have at least uh, an order or some sort of uh, sense the spidey sense tingling that uh, there was alcohol in this person's system. Now it's, it's a random screening and uh, maybe your number's up. Maybe it's not, but it's something to keep in mind. If you're a graduated driver, if you're a young driver under 22, uh, you uh, obviously cannot have any alcohol in your system at all. And if you're a full G license driver, you know, we want you to make good decisions, but um, you know, if you're, you know, having alcohol into excess, obviously that's a problem. And, um, you know, The big four causal factors of crashes: the impaired and distracted, and um, seatbelt use, and aggressive drivers. That those still happen no matter what the traffic volumes are. Actually, I'm just driving through the GTA right now, and I just saw a car front end all piled in. He rear ended some vehicle in front of them. Tow trucks were on scene, pulling them away. Traffic volumes are a lot lighter, (laughs) especially this Mm -hmm. week. uh, There's Mm -hmm. like nobody on the roads, so uh, you're still going to have your full attention. And if your faculties are impaired, yeah, you're asking for trouble. And
0: by the way, thank you so much for confirming what I figured, that you have spidey senses. I always knew that there was something special going on there. I knew it.
2: <laughs> uh, we got spidey senses. Teachers have uh, those eyes in the back of their heads, right? I, I don't know how they know when they're looking the other way, but uh, yeah, I, I'll go with the spidey senses on our side.
0: We are expecting snow eventually, Carrie, and how much have you seen of this? The thing that I think, pet peeve for most people who text us in on the morning show about traffic this time of year is people don't brush off their car properly. How dangerous is that?
2: Well, it's frustrating. It, it, it's just it's ignorant, really, on behalf of those drivers who can't see out of their vehicles. They, they're trying to do a lane change, and they don't know what's in front of them beside them. The sun is low in the sky, and if you're heading uh, east in the morning or south, that sun is going to be blinding you, and you can't see anything. And if all you have is a little area scraped out for your uh, front vis- visibility, that's not good enough. So, you know, we see it all the time. But We haven't had those big dumps of snow—at least not too many of them—that have left, you know, inches or, or a foot of snow on your roof. But again, it's coming, and be ready for it. So, we just let me we, <laughs> let me ask you a
1: couple snow. questions. Yeah. Uh, about the pandemic now. Yeah, so yeah. we've got, uh, we've had Service Ontario open and then closed and then open and then closed. And it's going to be, I think, online only for a while. They're canceling driver's exams for now. Yeah, so yeah. how does it work? Like if you guys are pulled up behind somebody on the 401 or on the expressway and you see somebody that's got a, a sticker that expired, yeah. are you pulling them over for that or are you giving them a break because of all the uncertainty over the last little while?
2: Yeah, well, there's exemptions for that. The- they are getting the break right now because uh, until the Ministry of Transportation acknowledges that uh, they need to be up-to-date and current, uh, there is no penalty for that. So, uh, so far, you can drive. We don't want you to. Uh, you can still go online, but the legislation, the exemption period is still in effect, which allows you to continue driving even with an expired permit. So, uh and-
1: would the same apply if somebody, let's say their driver's test was scheduled for next week and that's their one to go to a G from a G2. If yeah. you pull them over in January, are you going to, uh, are you going to write them up because they haven't taken that driver's test or are you just going to assume they would have passed? I mean, most people no, do. No, no.
2: Well, they're not going to change class. So, uh, if they were scheduled for a G license from a G2, that doesn't mean that now they can go and start, uh, drinking and, and having alcohol in their system. So their license will still remain the, the status quo as what it was prior to the pandemic. Uh, no changes will uh, be made in that regard. So as much as if the license is expired, uh, it will still uh, continue uh, until uh, such time as uh, there's a, a, a method, I guess, to have your licenses or vehicle registrations renewed. So that that's the status right now. And it's, it's really up to the Ministry of Transportation. To uh, announce when those exemption periods are going to expire, or or when you know, you know action needs to be taken. But for now, I guess you know it's a transition period of us getting used to going online and doing things um, on the computer as opposed to standing in line and waiting to speak to someone at the counter. So uh, you know, there's there's still a lot of education, a lot of learning for a lot of people, and there's changes, but. Uh, again, you know, if if your vehicle you know has an expired permit from the date that when the exemption took place back in March, then you can continue to drive the vehicle. It's still valid. But if you had a vehicle parked in the back uh, property for the last five years and all of a sudden figured oh, I want to go and pull it out and drive it with a ten year old permit, well, that's not going to fly, and so that you <laughs> would get written
1: up. Well, I'm sure somebody will try it, though. I'm sure they oh, will. I'm
2: sure, I'm sure they will. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, again, officers are out there. We're we're still uh, responding to calls for service, uh, collisions, investigations, uh, patrols, high visibility. You know, we've got officers out there doing HOV enforcement and speeding enforcement, distracted driving, and, and that's a that's a hefty hefty fine. But we see crashes happening because of it. And that's what we need people to understand.
1: And we're glad you're out there. Have you guys been called upon to assist with the uh, distribution of the vaccines? Are you guys doing any security or rolling ramp closures and stuff like that when they're moving the vaccines into different areas?
2: Well, there's a lot of work that we're doing kind of in the vaccines. We're not uh, talking about it, but uh, there is a lot of things that are happening. Uh, I know all the vaccines have been... Uh, Making your destinations, and I, I know we've been monitoring that as well. But it's not—it's not that we're actively, you know, uh, escorting. Well, yeah, I don't want to comment too much on what's going on, but there's <laughs> a lot of work being done okay. on uh, making sure that our 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 communities are safe.
1: What about gatherings? Are you guys like cruising the neighborhoods and looking for a lot of cars <laughs> parked in somebody's driveway?
2: Well, again, that's a bylaw enforcement for the most part. It is the the reopening act as well, and there is legislation that's changing. Uh, there's a lot of requirements and there's a lot of, I guess, um, uh, criteria that mm. is, you know, is always changing. And so keep in mind, come December 26th, when, the, you know, the lockdown happens all across the province, not just in certain regions and municipalities in the province, it will, um, it will affect w- what we do. And we will respond to uh, complaints and, and issues and whether or not that's going to be a uh, reopening act of Ontario uh, violation or that's going to be a bylaw uh, act uh, violation depending on on what the circumstances are you know businesses closed uh, ppe wearing masks uh, trespass the property and then uh, the gathering limits so uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, people need to be be careful and we just ask everyone to certainly abide by the guidelines of public health because this is a health emergency and this is what we need uh, people to really uh, rally around. And as much as they're saying that the, the effects take, uh, f- uh, the, the, uh, the uh, uh, sorry, the legislation that takes effect on Boxing Day, you know, start working on that today. We don't want to see all that uh, possible community spread happening uh, throughout our communities if we can uh, prevent it uh, needlessly, so just uh, do your part. Uh, but again, we are going to be doing our job as well, and and whether that's going to be enforcement, education, or uh, warnings, that's certainly what we're going to continue to uh, uh, work on together with all our partners uh, in our communities. Uh, you know, it's it's such a it's such a big issue that uh, we'll I just have to see what happens on Boxing Day and, and see where where the calls come in but you know please do your part and uh, we'll get through this
1: okay uh finally we all heard that tragic news at a hamilton yesterday and as a police yeah. officer when you read a story like that i mean three cops stabbed in the head and the neck responding to a mental yeah. distress call i mean yeah. that's just got to put a pit in your stomach
2: that is absolutely terrifying, and uh, for three officers to have those kinds of injuries—I don't know the circumstances of what took place, uh, the restraint that uh, must have uh, been there to ha- take this person and, and uh, have him in, in custody—but again, the serious injuries caused by the, the officers is, is heartbreaking. Doesn't matter before Christmas or any time throughout the year. You know, we've uh, dealt with a lot of. Uh, tragedy in our recent past year as well and uh, when it comes down to uh calls like that you know we do th- do what we can but again you know someone's armed with a knife that's going to be a police uh, responding uh, call and as much as we need uh you know healthcare professionals to deal with th- those issues you know when someone's in that state of mind uh, there's it's it's very challenging for us to uh, to respond and, and certainly we're not going to put um someone else in there without the necessary means to protect themselves. So, you know, I just, my, my heart and, and thoughts to the family and those officers who are, are recovering and that's uh, a pretty scary situation.
1: Is jail nice? Cause I don't think anybody wants to be in it on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, guessing I, it's not the best accommodations or anything.
2: I would say not. I would mm-hmm. say you'd, ra- you'd rather be out with your family in someplace uh, warm and uh, and comfortable, but yeah, you know, you know we're, we're, jail is there for a reason, and it is there to keep our community safe. And if people are are uh, posing a hazard, whether or not they're in a um, in a penitentiary or in a, incarcerated or in a, in a hospital under uh, under evaluation by a medical professional, that uh, you know, as long as they are are safe and uh, our communities are safe, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's the that's what we can do. Those are our options that we can have to. Uh, to work with uh, with our communities. So
1: Well, then don't drink and drive, everybody. It's Jail that, is right? not nice. Exactly.
0: It's, it's a simple. choice. It's a choice. How many <laughs> times do I have to say? Uh, OPP Sergeant Carrie Schmidt, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. We always appreciate it, and we really, truly mean it. Next year, we're going to get you on a lot more often. Oh, and-
2: awesome. Right on. So far, things are good in, in uh, your neck of the woods, and uh, traffic's uh, a lot quieter than it mm-hmm. typically has been. But drive safe, take it easy, Merry Christmas, and, and Happy New Year, and, and we'll see you again real soon.